Hello and welcome to a special trade deadline edition of the Metro Report. My name is Jim. As you may have noticed, I've dropped the angry moniker because, frankly, I have nothing to be angry about. Uh, I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes or so, breaking down the ever-competitive Metro division. As I've mentioned today, is a special edition of the show, being that it was the trade deadline and the Metro division as it was last year, seemed to be involved in almost every deal made. So, let's stop wasting time. Let's get to the juicy deets, shall we? So, Okay, starting from the bottom up, we're going to talk first about the bottom-feeding New Jersey Devils. And I'm not just going to talk about the deals that were made today. I'm going to go back uh, a week now. The, the Devils kind of started prepping for today by, you know, they, they kind of got a head start on some things. They shipped captain and 37-year-old defenseman Andy Green uh, to the New, New York Islanders, uh, and they received David Quenville, who's an AHL player, and a 2021 second-round pick from the New York Islanders. So, you know, the compensation they received, I mean, a second-round pick in any year for a defenseman uh, the age of Andy Green is a solid return. The pick is for next year, though. Uh, it's not a pick that they can use in 2020. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's, it's an okay deal. Okay, that was made back on February 16th. On that same day, the New Jersey Devils shipped out Blake Coleman, who is under contract for another year. So he'll be uh, under contract next year as well. He's making $1.8 million, uh, and he was traded to the Lightning for uh, Nolan Foote and a 2020 conditional first-round pick uh, courtesy of the Vancouver Canucks. Conditions of the pick, if the Canucks do not make the playoffs in, in 2019-20, the 2020 first-round pick will transfer to a 2021 first-round pick instead. So... What's interesting there is Tampa Bay made another move today. They traded their own first-round pick for Barkley Goodrow from San Jose, which is kind of crazy because Nolan Foote was their first-round pick last year. They traded their 2020 pick this year, like I mentioned, to San Jose, and they traded their other 2020 first-round pick, courtesy of Vancouver, for Blake Coleman. The Tampa Bay Lightning traded three first-round picks, essentially, for Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow. Does that seem a little bit excessive to anybody else? It did to me. Uh, I understand they're going for it they, going for it this year. They needed some grit. Just a little bit shocked. I didn't think Barkley Goodrow was, was worth a first. I, I think I saw somebody on Twitter today, you know, they'd rather have Barkley Goodrow over Derek Grant, and we'll get to the Flyers move in a minute. Uh, but uh, now you can understand why. The Flyers didn't go after Barkley Goodrow. But anyway, back to the Devils. So um, the Devils, believe it or not, made one more move today. They shipped off former Flyer Wayne Simmons to the Buffalo Sabres. And in return, they received a 2021 conditional fifth round pick. Now, the condition is, and, and listen to this, this just kind of made me laugh. If the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs and Simmons plays 10 games, the pick will upgrade to a fourth round pick. So let me just state that. The Buffalo Sabres are not making the playoffs. Uh, so that's basically a fifth-round pick next year <laughs> for retaining half of Wayne Simmons' salary. So I guess Buffalo's doing New Jersey a favor there. I'm not really sure the need for that trade. But it was made, 
Uh, former Flyer Wayne Simmons is now playing for the Sabres. And Buffalo gets another, I'm sorry, New Jersey gets another pick. So a couple solid moves there for New Jersey, a head scratcher of a trade uh, today, but I guess they get the benefit. They, they end up getting something for Wayne Simmons, who I think when they signed him to that $5 million deal, they thought they were going to be using him in a, in a push along with Taylor Hall uh, for a playoff spot and whatnot. Just didn't pan out for New Jersey. As I mentioned, they're the bottom feeder of the ever-competitive Metro division. And yeah, so we're going to move on to the next team, and that will be second from last, the New York Rangers. So the Rangers, you know, if you listen to my first show of the Metro Report, the Rangers are kind of my dark horse to make a playoff push. Um, After today, you know, they still have a solid team. There was some unfortunate news that came out early early today that um, their goalie Igor Shosturkin and forward Pavel Buchnevich were in a car accident and they were both injured. <gasps> Excuse me. Uh, the injuries were not severe, but they're enough to keep them both out for a couple of weeks. Um, the reason why those are significant to today's uh, transpirings are Shosturkin was kind of taken over that number one role in goal for the Rangers. The Rangers had two big trade chips. They had Chris Kreider, who they re-signed today. Uh, I believe it was 6.5 AAV over seven years. 6.5 million over seven years, which I I thought was a very good price for Chris Kreider. Um, Now, once they had him signed, the only other trade chip they had was moving one of their goalies. So... Once the news came out about Shesterkin, you know, you're left with Alexander Gorgiev and Henrik Lundqvist. And my, in my opinion, one of those two was going to be moved. Now, King Henrik has a pretty lofty cap hit. So whatever, if they were going to move him, they would have had to, I'm sure, retain some salary there. And I'm pretty sure it's, he's around for another year or two at least. Uh, so that would have been interesting. So I, I'm, I think especially if they were going to make a push, the player they that they could have moved was Gorgiev. And they chose not to. And I'm assuming it's because, you know, they wanted two goalies until Shesterkin gets back. And and who's to even say Shesterkin's not going to, tr- uh, not going to run into some trouble here. I mean, we've seen Carter Hart kind of go up and down a little bit. He has his road woes and whatnot, you know, and, and I don't think New York's going to win the Stanley cup or anything, but they're making a push and the team's kind of coming together at the right times at the right time. And, and who knows, this is when you want your team to come together. So let me get to the move that they actually made leading up to today. The, the New York Rangers actually made two moves last week. Uh, they made a move for a guy by the name of Joey Keene, an AHL player. <clears throat> and then as you may have heard, they traded for Jean-Francois Baruby from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms for future considerations. Um, the move they made today was they shipped out defenseman Brady Shea and they, they traded him to the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, I haven't seen exactly what came back yet. That, that one kind of came in at the last minute. Uh, if, if you guys want, while we're on here, uh, I can look up if anything came in extra last minute, but I haven't seen what came back for Brady Shea. But, you know... I'm sure maybe it was a pick or something here. 
Uh, I'll get back to that in a second. So the Rangers. I don't think they got anything on the uh, that that could help out on the current roster, but you know, it, to me, it looks like a subtraction. So in, until it comes out, what they got back for Bra- uh, Brady Shea, I, I have to say, you know, they they kind of weakened their team today, and you know that's okay. I mean, it's good for the Flyers anyway. It's one less team they got to worry about. So, uh, you know, having said that, the Rangers kind of stood pat. We'll see what they got for Brady Shea. We could talk about it more tonight on the uh, on the annual HW Trade Deadline show. Uh, Kelly Hinkle is going to be our guest. And we will move on to the next team on the totem pole, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets. All right, so the Blue Jackets basically stood pat and... You know, I can understand that mostly because they're, they're like a beat-up team. Uh, they lost a lot of people over the summer. Uh, last trade that trade deadline, you can remember, they were all in on everybody, uh, you know, making deals uh, for Matt Duchesne, Ryan Dezangle. Uh, I'm, I think I'm missing one more in there. And, and, you know, while I'm on the missing subject, the Rangers received a first-round pick for Brady Shea. So they did okay in that deal. Uh, but they, you know, they still weakened the roster for this year, which I found interesting because, you know, I thought they had a pretty solid chance. Uh, I'm assuming that they're going to try to re-sign, uh, Anthony, Anthony D'Angelo in, in the off season, who is an RFA. Um, but nine games over 500, moving one of your better defense for a first round pick. You know, they're kind of, I guess they're kind of in that limbo where they can compete and still add a pick at the same time. Um, now the Columbus Blue Jackets, they made a move. And came in after the deadline where they received Devin Shore from the Mighty Ducks. I'm sorry, not the Mighty Ducks, but I wish they were the Mighty Ducks. Devin Shore from the Ducks. And I think they I think they received another player here. It's not coming up for me anymore. I just happened to stumble upon it. But uh they received Devin Shore and they gave up Sonny Milano, which I found interesting because you know Milano was a higher pick, I, I believe, for the Blue Jackets, and he apparently never got it together. I'm pretty sure he was arrested over the summer. He got into a bar fight or something crazy like that. Uh, so they acquired Devin Shore. I believe he's a center. He'll provide some depth for that team down the middle. Uh, for the most part, a pretty boring day for Columbus, which, you know, they didn't have much to work with asset-wise. So I guess you could expect a little bit of a boring day, unless they were going to start, you know, fire sale and, you know, shipping out whatever they already had. Um, Hang on. I have the Devin Shore trade for you guys here. So Shore was acquired by the, by the Blue Jackets from the Ducks on Monday in a swap for Sonny Milano. So straight up one for one. Uh, Yeah. Two guys, I guess, you know, maybe Milano needed a change of scenery. I don't know. But uh, the trade seemed a little bit odd to me. Didn't expect it. Uh, I know Milano had some offensive potential. You guys might remember he scored that that crazy between-the-legs goal a while back. Um, but, yeah, Milano for sure. Pretty boring uh, trade deadline day there. Now, the next team that I want to get to here is the Carolina Hurricanes, who were insane today made all kinds of moves 
Um, didn't really see that coming, what they did. Uh, a lot of people wanted them to go out and get a couple goalies. They called up two guys, who I'll get to in a minute, and they made three separate trades. Now, they were linked to even more. Uh, by now, I'm sure you've heard they, they went out and got Vinny Trocek earlier in, in the day, uh, and they shipped out four players. Now, the, the two guys that were off the roster were, were Lucas Valmark and... Eric Halla. Now they they were sent along with two prospects to the Florida Panthers for Vincent Trocheck, who's under contract for a couple years here. Let me just bring up some of the details for y'all. Uh, okay, so Vinny Trocheck's making four point seven five million. He was traded for Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, Chase Prisky, and Etu. Luarstorinen. You guys can look that up and pronounce that however you want. I cannot say that the correct way. Um, so I guess solid trade for Florida, and they acquired Eric Walmart. I'm sorry, Eric Hall and Lucas Walmart, couple prospects. And, you know, Trocheck didn't really look like he was working out for Quenville. So I guess solid move all around for all parties. Uh, Trocheck is under contract for, I believe it's two more years at 4.75. So, you know, they go out and get a 26-year-old centerman. He's going to end up being one of their core players for the next couple years. Solid move by Carolina. Uh, I, I was wondering at first, you know, they gave up two roster players for Trocek. Will that hurt them in the beginning? Only time will tell. Okay, now, the other two moves made by Carolina, and these are the really big ones, I think, because, you know, they had solid defense already. I mentioned that they, you know, are without their two starting goaltenders in Reimer and uh, Mrazek, who was absolutely steamrolled the other night. I, don't ask me why, but I love when a goalie gets steamrolled. I, it's just something about it. Cause you, I guess because you can't touch them. So, like, when they get steamrolled, it's, like, extra. It gives me extra pleasure. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Anyway. Let me get to these moves here. So Sammy Vatanen, they required Sammy Vatanen from the New Jersey Devils. And, and get this, guys, for a conditional fourth-round pick and prospect Yanni Kukunen, uh, reported by Pierre, Pierre Lebrun of TSN Sports. Uh, so Sammy Vatanen, he's currently injured. Uh, but once he's healthy, you know, be a welcome reinforcement to the Hurricanes' blue line. Uh, as you know, Dougie Hamilton's been out with a broken leg. He'll continue to be out. Uh, Brett Pesci sustained a shoulder injury that'll keep him out for a while. So Sammy Vatanen, 28 years old, can absorb you know a lot of minutes behind those guys. Uh, so far on the year, he's got 23 points. He's got 10 on the power play in 47 games. Uh, he will be an unrestricted free agent come July. So pretty big pickup for Carolina. Once he comes back, he's a minute eater. He's averaging 21 minutes a night, 21 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, he can play on the power play. He can play shorthanded. Awesome, awesome pickup for the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't think they gave up that much. Uh, I don't know much about Yanni Kukunen. Uh, if you guys want, I can hockey DB that bastard real quick. Uh, the Like I mentioned earlier, the other trade was Brady Schaefer first. So they, they acquired two very, very solid defensemen. Uh, let me look up Kukunen for you guys before we bust my balls here. Why are you even listening if I can't tell you stuff you don't know, right? Kukunen. K-U-O-K-K-E-N-E-N. -E -E There's like a hundred Kwokanins. All right, so Yanni Kwokanin, uh, 
has 42 points in 52 games this year for the Charlotte Checkers. He's 21 years old. He was a second-round pick, 43rd overall in 2016. Uh, left winger, so 42 points in 52 AHL games is pretty darn good. Uh, in 18-19, he had 38 points in 48 games, 17-18, 40 points in 60 games. Uh, in 2016-17, he played for the OHL London Knights, where he recorded 26 goals, 62 points in 60 games. So maybe he's a pretty solid prospect that they gave up along with the fourth-round pick to the Devils. So, you know, the Devils did pretty okay, I think. They picked up a lot of picks. They got some prospects, uh, and, and they got rid of some guys who are not going to be around next season and guys like Simmons and 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 Vat and 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 whatnot. So pretty big trade there for the Canes. Uh they acquired Brady Shea as well. Uh the goaltending situation. So let's look up the Carolina Hurricanes goaltender situation. Uh as I mentioned Reimer went out with a lower body injury, I believe, Saturday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I'm sure you've all heard by now about the 42-year-old uh, Zamboni driver goalie. He came out and only, I think he stopped eight shots. He stopped, he made eight saves off 10 shots against the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, and ended up earning the win. So the goalies that they've called up are Anton Forsberg and Alex Nedeljkovic. So very serviceable you know, backup goalies, Nedeljkovic, I mean, I can barely say his name. So if you guys, you know, I think I spelled it three or four different ways today uh, on Twitter, and I, now I can't even say it. So Anton Forsberg and Alex Nedeljkovic, you know, serviceable backups. Nedeljkovic is actually a, a highly touted prospect who I thought was going to get some playing time this year over Mrazek and James Reimer. Uh, so we'll see what ha- Excuse me. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I assume those guys will be will be back eventually. That's why the uh, Hurricanes didn't go after a goalie. Maybe the price was too high for them. Who knows what? I'm sure more information will come out, you know, later today, tomorrow, and what could have been. But in the meantime, the, the Hurricanes are going for it this year. They go out, they went out and got Brady Shea. They went out and got Sammy Vatten, and they went out and got Vinny Trocheck. Yes, they gave up Walmart and um, the hell's the other guy's name now? Walmart and Haller, but. I think they're a better team than they were, you know, before today started. So the Carolina Hurricanes, boys and girls. Okay, so the next team here is we have the New York Islanders. So they made a couple moves. Uh, believe it or not, the trade they made on February 16th, where they, you know, got Andy Green from the New Jersey Devils, was the first trade they've made since July 3rd, 2018, where they received Matt Martin. Uh, in exchange for Iman McAdam uh, from the Maple Leafs. So Matt Martin, 2018, was the last trade they made. Wow. Uh, as I mentioned prior, they made the trade with the Devils where they re- received Andy Green for, for Quenville in a 2021 second-round pick. Today they made a move. So J.G. Pajot, we've heard his name for weeks now. You know, Ottawa's going to be getting rid of him, this and that. Uh, you know, he started out having a solid year. And... Quite frankly, I was I was really hoping that the Flyers that Chuck Fletcher wouldn't go after this guy. Uh, solid player, never scored more than forty three points in a season, never scored more than nineteen goals in a season until this year, where he's got twenty four goals for forty points in sixty games. Uh, I believe he's tailed off a lot offensively. He was a fourth round pick. 
in 2011. Uh, shorter guy. I mean, I guess 5'10 short. He looks shorter than 5'10 when you see him play. Uh, 27 years old, so you know he's in his quote-unquote prime, whatever that is. Uh, he signed a six-year deal upon being traded to the Islanders, so he's going to be there for a while. We're going to hear his name a lot. Uh, was traded to the Islanders from Ottawa today for a 2020 conditional first-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional third-round pick. So sounds like a lot. Let's read the conditions. For the first-round pick, the conditions are if the New York Islanders win the draft lottery and select top three, the pick becomes a 2021 first-round pick. So Lamorella really you know, protecting himself there because there is a shot that the Islanders miss the playoffs and wind up choosing top three. So good on him for protecting the team there. Um, condition on the third-round pick in 2022 – the pick is transferred if the New York Islanders win the 2020 Stanley Cup. So the only way the Ottawa Senators receive that pick is if the Islanders win the Cup. So as it stands right now, the pick is definitely a 2020 first-round pick. You know, unless the Islanders pick, you know, in top three, which is pretty unlikely. Um, and then it's the 2022nd. Those are the only two guaranteed picks. It's a first-round pick in either 2020 or 2021 and a 2022nd. The 2022 third is only being transferred to Ottawa if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup, which we all know is not going to happen because the Flyers are going to win, right? So it looks like a lot. Is it really a lot? I don't, I'm not crazy for the player, uh, but if you're a team like the Islanders and you believe you're missing a player like Pajot, you know, you're assuming that first round pick is going to be late and that second round pick is, uh, you know, second round pick. I'll trade a first and a second round pick any day if it means winning the Stanley Cup. And that's what the Islanders believe, you know, they're in pursuit of. I would, you know, disagree. I don't think they're good enough. I think they're a boring team. I think their goaltending's leaky. And on a team, you know, the way the Islanders play in that defensive system where they, you know, they, they depend on uh, bad shots or, or, or low-grade shots and, you know, those low-grade shots are going in. I know we don't see many of them go in when the Flyers play, but, you know, I think there's some issues there in the, with the Islanders. There's some flaws. And I think every team in the, met, in the Metro is pretty good, but there are flaws with each team. So New York Islanders receive Andy Green and Jean-Gabriel Pajot at the deadline. So... I know I'm supposed to do the Flyers next here because they're the team directly in front of the Islanders. Let me just make sure I have these standings right for you here, guys. I probably should have did that beforehand because I'm pretty sure. I know the Islanders are ahead of the Hurricanes, so I had that right. Don't ever second second guess yourself, Jim. You're always right. Uh, so the Flyers are a point ahead of the Islanders right now with the, the Islanders having a game in hand. Pittsburgh also has a game in hand, a three-point ahead of the Flyers. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Pittsburgh before I do the Flyers. I'd like to do them last to kind of, you know, let you guys know what I think, how the division is going to play out. Uh, so the Penguins. So they, they kind of got an early start on a lot of this trade stuff here. Back on February 10th, they acquired a personal favorite of mine, Jason Zucker. Uh, and they traded to Minnesota Alex Galchenyuk, who's been an underachieving player. He's making $4.9 million. 
uh, a defensive prospect in Kalen Addison. And if you give me a second, I'll get up his hockey DB uh, stats. In two, they gave up a 2020 conditional first round pick. So the condition is if Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh misses the 2019-2020 playoffs, which is this year's playoffs, Pittsburgh has the option to send their 2020-21 first round pick instead. So if Pittsburgh magically misses the playoffs this year, which doesn't look like they'll do, they will have they will have the choice to send next year's first round pick to Minnesota instead. So let me get you some numbers on Addison here. Okay. So Kalen Addison, second round pick, number 53 overall in the 2018 draft. Uh, he played for Lethbridge in the WHL for, looks like four, about five years. He's playing with them now. Uh, 48 points in 44 games this year. He's got 10 goals, 38 assists, 65 points in 67 games last year for Lethbridge Hurricanes. Uh, 11 goals, 54 assists. So, you know, he's a, he's a pretty solid, pretty steady, uh, consistent contributor. 65.68 games in 2017-18. Um, so Minnesota's getting a solid offensive defenseman there. I uh, haven't watched him play much, but the numbers are there for, for Kalen Addison. Uh, as I mentioned with that first-round pick, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's usually going to be a late pick when you trade for the Penguins first. Uh, I wish I really wish the Flyers could have found a way to fit Jason Zucker. And I know it was, it would have been a little tougher, but, um, they, they gave up a guy like Alchenyuk who I compare to a Shane Osses bear. I know they play different positions, uh, but I'm looking back and Galchenyuk's got 17 points in 45 games, five goals in 45 games for the Penguins. I mean, those are, those are pretty ghostly numbers there. They were expecting a lot more from them. They, they traded, uh, Phil Kessel for him. Galchenyuk was a third overall pick in 2012, guys. Uh, was a personal favorite of mine up until a couple years ago where it looked like he really wasn't going to be able to turn it around. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, you know, maybe the, I don't want to say maybe the Flyers take a shot on him because I like the Flyers roster right now. I don't think there's any reason for them to go out and take shots on guys. You know, they're at, they're at a point now where they can go out and bring in the sure thing. Um, I know I'm supposed to be talking about Pittsburgh right here. Let me get to the rest of their moves real quick. Uh, so they made a couple, they made a minor league move on February 20th. They sent Joseph Blandisi and Jacob Lucchini, a couple Italian boys for Philip Verone and Riley Barber is who they received. So Phil Verone's playing with the Penguins, a minor league team. Uh, today they made a couple moves. Don't necessarily scare me. I know guys kind of, you know, squawking about these moves a little bit. They received Patrick Marlowe for a 2021 conditional third round pick from San Jose. The conditions are... If the Penguins win the 2020 World uh, Stanley Cup, they will not. Uh, the pick will become a 2021 second-round pick. So if the Penguins win the Cup, they will have given up a second-round pick in 2021 for Patrick Marlowe. The second move of the day they made was they sent Dominic Cahoon to the Buffalo Sabres in return for Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary. So a couple of depth guys, you know, Pittsburgh's bringing in there. Connor Sheary, I like. I think he's a solid player. He's making $3 million a year, though. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, I, I don't necessarily like, uh, but you know, they bring in two guys that they're, they're role guys. They know how to play the game. Uh, when you have Crosby, Malkin, you know, Latang, guys like that, all you really need is to put role guys around them. Uh, they didn't add any defense though, which I thought was surprising. And I think could hurt Pittsburgh. They're currently riding a three game losing streak, even after the Jason Zucker move. So we shall see. Okay, and now we're at the top of the division. 
We're at the Washington Capitals, who made some minor moves, I guess you could say. I mean, you know, people always want to blow up, you know, trade deadline moves and whatnot. They made a move back on February 18th, which was very telling to me of what ails the Washington Capitals right now. They went out and they gave up a 2020 second round pick, which was courtesy of the Colorado Avalanche. So was not the Capitals pick, but a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 conditional third round pick for Brendan Dillon. Uh, Brendan Dillon's playing on the Capitals top line right now with John Carlson. You know, uh, he was playing on the second and third line for the longest time, I believe with San Jose. Uh, very telling, you know, what ails the Washington Capitals right now in its defense. Um, back to the conditions on that 2021 third round pick. If the Capitals win the 2020 Stanley Cup, the 2021 third round pick uh, will instead become the 2020 third round pick, uh, courtesy of Arizona. So if, if the Capitals win the Cup, uh, the Sharks will receive the 2020 third round pick this year as opposed to the 2021 third round pick next year. Uh, so still second and a third for Brendan Dillon. Brendan Dillon comes at a pretty cheap cost at $1.635 million. Uh, I'm sorry, that, that's, what, that's what was retained. So he was making uh, double that. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, guys. Like 3.2 something or whatnot. So 50% was retained by the Sharks. Uh, so the other move that people were kind of bugging out about last, last night was the Capitals traded a 2020 third-round pick for Ilya Kovalchuk. Ilya Kovalchuk, 36-year-old Ilya Kovalchuk, guys. I mean, from, from the tweets that I was seeing, you would think that it, this was 10 years ago. Ilya Kovalchuk has not been relevant since, hang on, because this is all Russian league here, not been relevant since 2012-2013, where he scored 31 points in 37 games. And he left New Jersey that year. The last good season Ilya Kovalchuk had was 2011-2012, where he scored 37 goals in 77 games for 83 points. This dude stunk it up in Los Angeles, stinking it up in Montreal. I'm not sure. The only reason that you're hearing more about Ilya Kovalchuk is because he was playing in Montreal. Okay. In 17 games in Los Angeles this year, Ilya Kovalchuk, three goals, six assists, nine points. 22 games for Montreal this year. Six goals, seven assists, 13 points. Five more games for Montreal. Four more points. Three more goals. All the goal highlights you're seeing of Ilya Kovalchuk are the same goals over and over. Six goals in 22 games. He's not going to solve anything for the Washington Capitals. Uh, does that move scare? No. Not at all. Is it cool that Ovechkin and Kovalchuk are playing on the same team? Sure. You got a 700-goal score and a 442-goal score. I'm sorry. I think this is even adding up his uh, his Russian playing career days. So I don't even think he has 442 career goals. I got to double-check. Uh, like I said, Kovalchuk has not been relevant since 2011-2012. You know, and everyone wants to point out his offense. Well, what ails the Capitals is their defense and goaltending. And Kovalchuk doesn't play defense, and he sure as hell is not a goalie. Uh, so he may he may pot the occasional power play goal, you know, if Ovechkin if Ovechkin decides to pass the puck or whatever. 
that's a BS move. You know, I don't, I don't care. I don't, and I don't even, and I don't want Kovalchuk on the Flyers. And it's not because he's locker room this, locker room that. These guys are fine as is. You know, we're gonna get to the moves in a second the Flyers made, uh, but giving up a third round pick for 36 year old Ilya Kovalchuk just doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I like the move they made for Dylan more than I do the they than the one they made for for Kovalchuk. So, you know, caps still don't scare me. Flyers are coming for that spot. Let's get to the Flyers. All right, guys. Last but not least, the Philadelphia Flyers. The third place in the Metro, Philadelphia Flyers. 77 points, five out of first, three out of second, making that charge, that climb up the ladder. They're coming for that top spot. They made a couple moves today, a couple tweaks to the roster. Uh, earlier, earlier in the day, they made a move for Nate Thompson, who's making a million dollars. Signed just to the end of this year, a nice depth center movie. He will play in the fourth center role. He, he brings some grit, some playoff experience, can play on the penalty kill, and he, he plays the tough minutes, which, which guys, I can't emphasize enough. You need players to, to take up these tough minutes, to take away these tough minutes from guys like Giroux. You know, maybe he takes some tough minutes away from Hayes, from Couturier. Those are your horses. You need those guys to produce offensively as well as defensively. And the less hard minutes they have to play, the easier the easier it is for them to play the you know entire game fresh. Uh, so they give up a, tw a 2021 fifth round pick, which is essentially nothing. You know, I don't know how you can be upset with that move. If anything, if you're going to be anything with that, with that move, it's indifferent because you can't be upset about it. I'm not saying you got to be happy, but it's like a so-so move. You understand it. It's not going to do anything for you. Move on. Uh, so if you're listening and, and you follow me on, on Twitter, you probably know by now the guy I wanted was Eric Stahl. Uh, he was making $3.26 million this year and next. Uh, there was a way that they could have fitted in, the way they could have done it. Uh, they chose to add two pieces instead of one, which, you know, I think was more likely. And if they weren't going to go for a big name, it was something that I wanted them to do, to add two, two small pieces instead of uh, not doing anything. Uh, this move I, I actually really like. And it's not because Derek Grant is some kind of stud or, you know, some hidden talent that nobody knows about. He's a 29-year-old grinder, guys. Uh, he can fill, you know, any spot in the third, fourth line. Uh, I even saw they had him up in the second line in projected lineups. Not sure how I feel about that. He's got 14 goals this year. Uh, they traded Kyle Criscuolo for him, who was uh, playing with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in a 2020 conditional fourth-round pick. The conditions on the fourth-round pick are the Ducks will receive the higher of the 2020 fourth-round selections between Philadelphia's and Nashville's picks. So if the Flyers have two fourth-round picks this year, they have their own and they have Nashville's. Whichever whichever pick is of more value, I assume they're trading for uh, Derek Grant. A uh, little history on Derek Grant for you because, as I said, he is 29 years old. He's been in the league for a little little while here. I'm sure, you know, like many of us, you're thinking to yourself, Derek Grant, who the hell is Derek Grant? Well, he, like I mentioned, he's 29 years old, six foot three, 206 pounds. He was drafted in the fourth round uh, in a 2008 NHL entry draft by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, never really caught on with Ottawa. Played in 25 career games, never scored a goal for them. Uh, he's put up numbers in the AHL for Binghamton and Stockton. Uh, he had stops with the Flames, the Sabres, the Predators. Didn't score for any of those teams. Uh, produced again in Rochester in the AHL. Uh, he's been with the Ducks in 17-18, where he put up 24 points in 66 games. Uh, he played with Pittsburgh for 25 games last year, where he had 5 points in 25 games. Uh, 
Uh, again, with the Ducks last year, he you know, didn't put up many points. This year, he's got 14 goals, 49 games. So he ain't gonna light the world on the world on for you uh, on fire for you guys, but he can produce. He can play the tough minutes. He he was even quoted as saying he likes to play the defensive minutes, the penalty kill minutes, and you know sounds like a heart and soul guy, which this team needs more of. You know they have some personality on this team. You know now they need guys that can that can do the things that nobody else wants to. You can spare guys like Joel Farabee some time. Uh, as, as you've probably seen by now, Farabee will be down in the minor leagues in the AHL with the Phantoms, and he's actually going to play some games down there. It's not just a paper move. Uh, it sounds like the Flyers are going to roll with 12 forwards, and both Nate Thompson and Derek Grant will you know, see regular playing time. Not sure if I completely 100% agree with that, as I think you know they could have fluxed Farabee in and out of the lineup depending on which team they've played. I'm assuming AV wants to see if he can get some chemistry going with these guys. I mean, uh, we're down to the last 20 or so games here. It's only going to get more physical, more intense, more emotional, passionate, this and that. Not sure Farabee's ready for that, but I mean, he's been here all year long, okay? Uh, you know, I find that pretty tough to do to a kid. He's going to have to go down there and find his game and, and come back up and prove himself. Which, like I mentioned, it's it's a tough thing to do to a kid. You know, you're up with the Flyers all year long. I can only hope that this doesn't me- uh, mess with his psyche. He was playing good for a little bit of a stretch there and, you know, ran into a tough game or two. And I'm not sure if Vigneault's giving him some tough love here or what. Uh, or, or if this is just how it goes. You know, you bring in two vet guys, you're going to play them. Uh, you know, Fadaby's looked okay enough to, I think, where they could have kept him in the lineup. I'm not crazy upset that they sent him down. I think he's going to get you know more playing time than he has gotten here with the Flyers. So you know I'm not I'm not going to cry anybody a river because Joel Farabee got sent down to the Phantoms. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Flyers can do with these new guys. Uh, you know, based off what everybody else did, I still think the Flyers have just as good a chance as as any other team in this division. Um, having said that. I mean, the New Jersey Devils are definitely out of this race, right? They got 58 points. Uh, the New York Rangers, they didn't add today. And I, they had, like I mentioned, they had two chips in Kreider and Gorgiev or Lundqvist, whoever. And they didn't move any of them. Instead, they re-signed Kreider, which, you know, could be like an addition of, as, of its own. Uh, and they ended up moving somebody. They, they moved Brady Shea out for a first-round pick. So, you know... Maybe they're not going to be the dark horse that I suspect suspected. You know, maybe they could still sneak in if the Islanders kind of sneak down a little bit. Or five and five in their last ten. The Rangers are eight and two. Columbus, I I want to say stick a fork in them. They're 30, 19, and 14. They haven't won in a long time. I believe they're on a seven or eight game losing streak. They're two, three, and five in their last ten. So they're still squeaking out points. But they're not winning games, which is going to be tough to do, especially in this division. It's going to be tough to keep pace. Uh, they have most. They have. They have the most points, most games played in the division, as of today. Uh, Carolina, I think, can be a little scary. The only thing, though, is they added three new faces to that dressing room, and they they took two away. Okay, and they have you know some goalie goaltending issues going on, so that chemistry has been messed with a little bit there in Carolina. Things were going pretty good. You know, they were missing Dougie Hamilton. Uh, they're missing, I believe it was Brett Pesci. Even Hayden Fleury's injured a little bit. The chemistry of that team has been messed with. 
Now, Rod Brandmore is a hell of a coach, so I, I think, you know, they'll overcome that no problem. Something to watch there. You know, of Carolina, New York, and Columbus, I, I think I'm taking Carolina still on paper. But that's going to be an interesting race between the Rangers, Columbus, Carolina, and the Islanders. Uh, if you if you want to add the Flyers in that still, sure, go ahead. Um, I, I just think the Flyers are going to keep going up. They didn't mess with their team as much as these other guys did. You know, New York added a quote-unquote big piece in Jean-Gabriel Gabriel Pajot. Uh, he has to fit in with his new team still. Okay, It's going to take a couple games there for him to find his niche. I don't expect him to have immediate success. Uh, so, yeah, the Islanders were having a tough time there. Uh, the Flyers, 35-20-7, and 7, 77 points. Pittsburgh's three, ahead, three points ahead with a game in hand. Neither Pittsburgh's or Washington's moves scare me, guys. The biggest move, I think, uh, of those two teams was Jason Zucker. And since acquiring Zucker... I mean, the Penguins are riding a three-game losing streak right now. They're not doing so hot. They lost to the Capitals 5-3. Uh, they lost to Buffalo 5-2. And they lost to Toronto 4-0. So they're having a real tough stretch right now. Now they have the Kings coming up. Uh, they have a little West Coast trip coming up. Which should be interesting, man, because that's tough for, for Eastern Conference teams. No matter who you're playing. They got the Kings. They got the Ducks. They got the Sharks. Uh, and then they come home and they have a, a cherry of a game against the Ottawa Senators in March. But we're coming to the home stretch here, guys. Every point matters. Uh, the Flyers have the Sharks coming up in Philadelphia uh, tomorrow night. They have home and home with the Rangers coming up this weekend. Things are good, man. I'm really happy with the moves Chuck's made. Uh, happy with the moves he made in the offseason, you know, going out and trading for a number two center. Uh, if you've been listening to me, you know, I'm not the craziest about the contract, but the team's having success right now. So I don't care what that contract's going to look like in another two, three years. If the Flyers can win a cup in that span, um, I'm all for it. I'm happy. So, I mean, if you guys are listening and, and you enjoy what you're hearing, please subscribe, uh, comment in the comment sections on, on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Anchor, uh, Podbean. I know Manny likes Podbean. Overcast is an under underrated podcast uh, uh, streaming app. And let's interact, guys. Let's have fun because I, I want to know your guys' uh, uh, opinions and perspectives as, as well. You know, this is fun for me. I, I enjoy talking and I, I enjoy it even more when you guys are listening. But, uh, you know, I, I want to talk with you guys. I, I want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this Flyers team. Are you happy with what they did today? You know, do you did you want them to do more? I mean, I'm sure a lot of people wanted them to do more. Um, but do you, do, you under, do you understand what Chuck's trying to do? I, in my own opinion, he made a lot of – he made his trade deadline moves last summer, bringing in Justin Braun, bringing in Matt Niskanen, right? Because uh, Justin Braun, they got him for a second and a third. You're seeing – uh, defensemen go for seconds and thirds. And he, on today, you even saw a guy go for a first. Chuck was ahead of the curve by giving up a second and a third for Justin Braun. Um, bringing in Matt Niskanen for Gudis and, and whatever else. Uh, I know we re they retained money off Gudis' salary or whatnot. But Matt Niskanen, I think you can you can actually credit him for turning the mentality of this team around, the defensive core around. You know, he's allowing Provorov to play the way Provorov likes to play. Um Kevin Hayes has 
also helped change the mentality of this team. You need someone that can joke around, kind of keep things light like Kevin Hayes has. Uh, and he's fun to watch. He's fun to, he's fun to watch play. AV is an outstanding coach. He was brought in to change the mentality of the team, and he's done it. Okay, they, they brought in a, 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 a GM outside the Flyers organization where so many people have been asking for this for so long. And he's making the, the moves that we're not used to seeing. You can almost, and I'll speak from my own point of view, you can almost predict the moves that Chuck's going to make because they're the obvious ones. And he, he's not doing anything crazy. He's doing everything by the book. In the summer, we know we need a defense. He went out and got two quality uh, defensemen. We know we needed a second-line center. What did he do? He went out and got a second-line center. Okay, now heading into this deadline, my thoughts were this team's on a roll. They're playing great. They have guys like Knack stepping up. They have, uh, um, come on, give me somebody else. They have guys like Scotty Lawton stepping up. They have uh, that whole fourth line, Bonneman, Raffle. You know, guys are stepping up. So I only wanted a couple tweaks. You know, I put out a tweet that my dream acquisition would be Eric Stahl. I knew that that probably wasn't going to happen. Would I have loved to see it? Yeah, absolutely. And then I would settle for a guy like Derek Grant, you know, a gritty third, fourth line guy that can play the tough minutes, the guys where, you know, it could loosen Claude Giroux and keep him a little bit more fresh for the playoffs up. So, you know, he's going he's not going to get banged up on the penalty kill or what, whatnot. I love the moves that were made today. Nate Thompson, Derek Grant, I'm happy. Welcome to Philly. Uh, here's hoping that, you know, you could take these, you know, you can give these guys a boost. Flyers going to take that top spot in the Metro guys. They're the, they're the team most on the rise other than New York. And they're in a good spot. Pittsburgh's lost three straight. The Capitals are struggling. I know they just beat Pittsburgh the other night. They're going to have to get their shit together. Maybe they, maybe they, you know, find a second wind, but the Flyers are on the incline guys. The Flyers are on the incline. They didn't have to make any crazy moves. This last week or even today, last night, because they're happy with what they have. Go back and look. I think Dan Silver it was that posted a tweet, the last 10 years of Stanley Cup winners. They're not making monster moves. They, they're comfortable with the team they have heading into the playoffs, and they've won. The Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying that, but they have as good a chance as anybody else in the Eastern Conference, in the Western Conference, They've beaten the Blue Jack. They beaten the Blues. They've beaten the the Golden Knights. They've beaten the Avalanche. They've beaten the Bruins. They've beaten the Capitals. They've beaten the Penguins. Uh, who am I missing? They just beat up on the Blue Jackets, guys. There's not a team in the NHL in the entire NHL. Let me take that back because I think the Lightning can beat the Flyers. But other than the Lightning, if somebody can take care of the Lightning. I'm not afraid of anybody in the, in the league. I think the Flyers can make some noise. Um, so like I said, subscribe, leave a comment. Let me know what you guys think about this show. Uh, don't forget tonight we're on for High and Wide with Jack and Kyle. We have a special guest, Kelly Hinkle from Broad Street Hockey Radio. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys tonight. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk again uh, next week.